All right, we're live. All right, welcome everybody. Schaefer Baseball Report Friday edition. It has been it's been a while. It's been three weeks. It's been three well, weeks. Well, two weeks we, we, we missed, but this is our yeah we did, time. and then we had some time in between. Yeah. So we've done one show in about two months, really. Two, two yeah. and two. I mean, two that's two. two and two. Yeah, two and two months. Two and two. All right. Well, I mean, you got some life updates. You 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 went across across a really across the pond, man. Yeah, across the pond. I had a great time. I got to. Uh, I had a, you know, at 63 years old, you know, I, I honestly, I say this all the time to a man. I say this to everybody else that if I pass tomorrow, I don't think there's anything I missed in my life. I mean, I've done it all. I've, you know, jumped yeah. out of planes, gone down rivers, rode motorcycles, you know, was fortunate enough to play in the big leagues. Um, you know, I've done a lot of different things along the way that, uh, you know, you know, the people want to do. And, sure. um, you know, I've had money, lost money, made money again, you know, gone through it, owned real estate, owned just different things. I mean, my life has been my life has been full. Um, great family, good kids, good grandkids. You know, it's uh, so but playing golf has become an obsession, an obsession, you know, in the past year and a half. You know, every yeah. time you call me, I'm on the range or I'm doing yeah. something like that. And I get getting better. But, you know, going over to uh, to Ireland or something like that to play was uh, was on the bucket list and uh, got to do that with. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, Keith Glauber, another former big league guy whose uh, son is Caden Glauber. That's a sophomore now is committed to North Carolina. Um, absolute dude. And I guess he was down in, uh, in Fort Myers, uh, or Jupiter, Fort Myers, or yeah, I think Fort Myers last week, wherever they're at or Jupiter. And, uh, he dealt again. So I don't think he's going to get to Carolina. I, I don't think, think so he, either. I think he's going to be, uh, things to be a high draft pick and take the shot and go. He reminds me of Matt Harvey. Kind of violent, yeah. Just, yeah, you know, I mean, just as just as how clean he was with his with his delivery, how the ball came out of his hand, how uh, how his breaking pitch was. I mean, he's got three pitches, yeah. and for a fifteen year old kid to command three pitches in high velocity, yeah. And there's a big differential between his changeup and his uh, and his fastball. Sets that up well. Um, he's got that. He's that low pulse guy. You know, it's just kind of just gets the rock and goes yep. and, uh, and handles it. But when it's time to get uh, fired up and intense, he, he does it. You know, if, other, if the other bench is chirping, he's got no issues chirping oh, no. back. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got, he's, he's, you know, he's born of New Jersey blood. So. Chirp back like, and then he'll show it on the mountain too. He's, oh, absolutely. Yeah. He'll shove. He'll, yeah. de- he'll definitely shove. So it'll be interesting to watch that, that evolve. So I went over there with Keith, yeah. um, Keith Glauber and uh, a couple of the guys that I went to Pinehurst with last year. And then we, um, and then some other guys from New Jersey. So there's a bunch of, uh, you know, myself and Northeast idiots that just cut on each other the whole time. It's just, it's, it's, it's brutal. So, I mean, you get to deal with it all the time, but you, you know, you're a Southerner, so yeah, I'm a you, Southerner. Just, you take it. Everybody else comes back when, when, when we dish it out, but um, it was great. And I, I am definitely going to do it again. I, I want to do it with you. You yeah, know, we're going to, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, um, we'll blow it up next year and we'll do that as our, uh, you know, our company, company trip. And, yeah, uh, be we'll, fun. we'll go over there and play in 40 mile, 40 mile an hour wins. So did it help or help your slice? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I hit balls that I thought were coming back at me. Oh yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It's like, you know, 130 yards in and the guy's saying, you know, pull out a five iron. You're like, really? Low dude? And let it, let it go. I uh, see. I don't have that. Uh, everything is high in the air. I don't know how to manipulate shots that way or, or back, shape. Back so. your stance, man. But yeah, yeah, back of your stance. I've, I've tried all that before, so um, not really. Uh, you know, I'm I don't I'm not a shot shaper, man. If I'm not beating it down the middle, yeah, then, yeah. You know, it's uh it's difficult. But um, so we had we again go back to uh, I want to talk about USA baseball, mm-hmm. our NTIS program. We had good numbers this year. Get selected to the uh, yeah. to the development program and to the uh, to the forty males. The, the, the most out of any region we had for the southeast, and that was our record number. We had eighteen. Yeah. So out of all the seventy-two selections, we had we had the most out of every region, and Northeast had the had its record amount um, yeah. selected as well. They had ten. So, so yeah, good good year. Um, I'm excited. I mean, listen, we always bring in kids from the southeast that are going to get you know high looks and and get a chance to uh to move forward in that program but you know the northeast has always been you know you bring in good ball players yeah. but we just haven't had that get over the hump yeah but man we did this year mm-hmm. we had we had some dudes and it's yeah. and it's 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 evolving people are starting to recognize listen you know we deal with, we we compete with the select fest and all these other pg events and you know everybody's got all these different things going on but the reality of it is you know you're paying to do that you know, you're not, you know, it's, 
but you know, there are dudes in, involved in that sure. and we do lose players to that, but you got a chance to play for the national team to put a, a USA Jersey on your chest. You know, I, I personally think that, you know, if you're that good, you go that route, you don't need to go, you know, go out there. You'll have plenty of opportunity, especially if you're 14, 15 years old, 16 years old, you know, yeah. but, uh, we did, we saw some good, some really good talent out there. And, um, I mean, we every year we have a team, no doubt about it. Every year we have a team that we say uh, they're all going to play in college, right? Yeah. But a lot of, you know, it could be D3. You don't know where it's going to evolve from. But but this past year we had some we had some power five guys. We had some high mid-major guys, and yeah. uh, it, it was loaded. And good baseball players too. Yeah, really good. Ba- well, yeah, you, you, know. you, you had two sides of that coin. You had really good baseball players who knew how to play the game, and you had really good athletes who – don't quite get the full concept of the game. Like, like we were talking before, getting, getting, getting runners over. You have runner on second base with no outs. That runner's got to get in. Well, you know, that's, that's the biggest piece, Andrew. We, I mean, we've talked about this over and over the biggest piece in what we do in the showcase travel baseball stuff, which again, I'll say it again. I, I despise it. I hate it. It's just, it's just not a format that I'm comfortable with, but it's a format that we have to live in. Right. But, these kids that, that move on don't understand the game, don't right. understand situational baseball, don't, uh, you know, don't have the instincts, you know, when to take the extra base or when to throw behind the runner instead of trying to throw them out at home play and things like that. So there is a program out there that uh, that I love and, um, you know, they, they've asked me to kind of be involved with it, but I just don't have the time to be involved with it. But it's called Six Tool. And Six Tool is this platform where they, they you take this information. He, they've actually built this book, right, on situational baseball, and they've turned it into questionnaires for their team. So it's a great tool for organizations that are looking to educate their players by. And it works like this: they have they have the they have the master plan, and then they each kid has an app, and a coach can send questions every week, ten questions to a kid, and they got to answer them. It's all on situational baseball. It's not, you know, it's not going to getting lessons and then right. showing up at a at a showcase and uh, like you call them, you know, turning on the highlight the highlight reel. Yep. I mean, showcases are interesting. You know, they're great because the coaches can see the talent. But you know, I mean, the guys throwing four balls four balls from the outfield, right? Two to third, two to home. Great. Okay. You know, the infield is taking five ground balls and he's and he's throwing one, running back, throwing another one, running back, and you know that'll gas you. Yeah, you know that can change. It can change the dynamic. Then you got guys that can't even hit ground balls to these kids, so it's not. It's not a. You know, it's not a true evaluation. I think you see the athlete. You know, and I think you see, obviously, the arm strength of the outfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily see him taking routes and tracking balls and understand if he's a if he's that guy defensively. But he may have a cannon for an arm. Right? Wow. Okay, that shows off. I think what you do see with infielders. What I look for with infield is two things. Well, three things. Obviously, hands are important, but feet feet create good hands. And guys that can throw from different arm angles, you know, yep. with velocity on it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you do that last, that less slow roller, you'll see the athlete in that. Either he'll come up and make a good play, or, you know, yep. or he's like laboring to get in the air and throw the ball. Um, so, you know, you, you have to play simulated games. You have to, um, you know, you got to do things that create opportunity in a game situation for the players to determine how good they really are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's I, I, how many times do we see – Double play situations, and we got to tell the guys, double play situation, man. Move in, move over. And then you got to explain to them, you know, we're giving up something to get something. Yeah. You know, we're going to give up a hole so we can turn two in this situation. Not, you know, but they're so afraid of – it's almost it's almost like the hitters, right? The hitters are afraid to let a fastball go by. So their approach is always hunt, 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 fastball, fastball, yeah. fastball. Even though they know they might be in a breaking ball situation, this sure. guy's throwing breaking balls. You know, so they, you know, they'll take it instead of looking for a breaking ball in a situation and then letting the fastball go by, they get upset when the fastball goes by. Yeah. So what, uh, you know, and how many, how many times did we see at 13, U kids are playing near the warning track. Like when no oh, kid's going to even get close to that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, it, it, you know, we are in a, um, a lesson built showcase environment and it doesn't create the best baseball players. Mm-hmm. So you know, it becomes difficult for the college coaches because you, you know, you're looking at these guys. Um, you may go to a game and he may barrel up four balls, right, and look like he's that dude, but he doesn't understand. You know, he wasn't in a situation that he had to do something different: mm-hmm. bunt, hit and run. You know, move a guy over, or um, you know, it was just his day. 
you know, and he, and he, and he looks special. It's, it's a diff- the, the recruiting process. And we'll talk, you know, our guest today is Jake Hendrick with the, the new Queens head coach. You know, we'll talk about these things, you know, how you, how do you go and see, how do you go down to a perfect game? You know, whether it's Jupiter, Fort Myers, Atlanta, and watch a player one time yeah. and then go, well, I'd like to see him again. And you see him two times. I mean, realistically, you know, a player's evaluation comes over the course of a season. Mm-hmm. Take example, like Dave Mosry, right? Yeah. Dave Mosry that, that's at Williams. He's in division three. I thought he could have played a Queens here. I thought he could have played division two or whatever, but you know what? People didn't get to see him enough and he didn't pass the eyeball test. Right. Yeah. He was five, eight stocky short barrel. It was, it was, um, it wasn't the prettiest, but it was the most consistent. Yeah. Well, he's kind of yeah. like a Nick Melton. Melton was and the Nick same had, way. Nick had a he had a great college career. Yes, he did. Yeah, it was definitely definitely like like a Melton. You know, I mean, you just put him out there, and he's going to give you what you at the end of the year. You're going to look at the numbers. You're going to look at the defense. You're going to yeah. look like this kid helps you helps you win. Sure. But you know, everybody's chase everybody's chasing the uh, the shiny penny. You know, everybody's chasing. You know, I want that big six four athlete that you know. Listen, they you know. They all they all fell. You know what you know what I find interesting, and, and we'll talk to Jake about this too, is that you're seeing lower level college players come through the portal and end up in higher college levels, division one. Mitchell Salvino, perfect example, right? Mm-hmm. Goes to Washington Lee, gets his degree, four years, COVID, extra year. So he's got two years of eligibility left, right? Went into Washington Lee like Nolan Melanowski, right? Yeah. Same type of build, same type of frame. Same type of player, right? Division one player, no doubt about it. I mean, all the tools are there. Just wasn't physical enough. Comes out of there. Goes in about 155, 160 pounds. Comes out of there, 205, 62, and now he's playing at Wake Forest. Yeah. He's going to get two more years at Wake Forest. So, you know, you know, we see that. The portal's an interesting thing, but that's another piece right there that, you know, how do you know? You know, unless you're a coach at another school and you've watched this guy over a period of time, you know, that could help. But, um you know, in- interesting. Yeah, I mean, just, how 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 do you manage? And that, that's a good question for Jake. How do you manage around it? Because you could insert you want a left-handed pitcher throwing low nineties, six four plus. I mean, you could have all these filters and s- select between five or six guys. But how do you right. figure out which one you? How do you figure out which yeah. one throws strikes? Yeah, absolutely. yeah <laughs> you know, true. I mean, I, how many arms have we seen come through here, Andrew? When we're sitting out here, that were big arms that we saw in high school, and yeah. we thought were big arms going to do something, and then showed up here and just. You know, it couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pitchability is a different story. It's gone. Jake's Jake's a former pitching coach. So that'll be that'll be a good topic as well. But you know, I mean, pitchability. Again, you know, you, you get somebody that can go through the game three innings. You know, not 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 see guys two times. Maybe see guys two times, not a third time. Yep. But you know that that understand how to change speeds and you know keep hitters off balance. It's 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 important, right? Absolutely. I mean, we've. Uh, and and those are the guys that don't. Those are the guys that end up somewhere else because somebody's afraid to take a chance on somebody that doesn't have a mask high fastball to blow you away mm-hmm. with two strikes. But nobody's looking for soft contact. Nobody's looking for high strike percentages. You know, you get these guys that have swing and misses, right? The mm-hmm. guys that go in there and they swing and miss. I mean, they they throw pitches that create swing and miss. Their pitch counts get high early. You know, because Tanner they, Jacobson, that was one. Tanner yeah. was one. Yeah. yeah, Tanner was one. You know, and I, and we see that with Evan Myers here, right? Yep. I mean. He, you know, not that he's not throwing strikes. He's just he's got to throw three of them, and he'll beat somebody. Yeah, because they're not putting him in play early, and he may get a he may get a two two count, a three two count. Also, he's got five pitches on this hitter, four pitches on the next hitter. By the time you get to the fourth inning, he's at 60, 70 pitches. Yep, but he's punched out six. Yeah. you know, six, in, in yeah, that period well. of time. So, yep. so there's you know there's a balance in there, and you, and you know I think you try to find that balance also, bringing guys out of the pen, right? So, mm-hmm. I got a high velo guy. And they're starting to time him up. Am I going to go get another high velo guy? Yeah. It better be a higher velo guy, and not a similar guy, right? Yeah. But then you can go in there and you can you can you know the mind locks in what what it did last, right? So a hitter goes to the plate, and he's seen velo velo velo, and all of a sudden he's seeing spins and changeups. It's going to create off balance. Yeah. You know? did, did I saw Acuna? He was he was talking about his off season. He was timing up one ten consistently in the off season. So when he went down to hundred, went down to ninety five. Yeah. That that's easier for him, and you see the year he's having. So I mean, di- these guys handle their approaches differently, and that's one mindset I think that works with a lot of people. Somebody said, you know, big league hitters can t- can time a, a jet. Oh my gosh, yeah, you know, I mean, you you can time it, and that's you know, it's another piece that's missing in this whole scenario is that, you know, your timing on hitting a breaking ball or a changeup, if you're looking for it, is different than your timing on hitting a fastball. Mm-hmm. Right, so. 
you know, but again, it's, it's not an educational piece because every kid in high school is trying to throw the ball through the wall. So all these kids show up not knowing how to hit breaking balls. Yeah. I mean, I learned how to hit breaking balls because I played wiffle ball my whole life. Absolutely. I had some dudes in the neighborhood that threw some nasty stuff, you know, and you tracked it, you saw it, you stayed back and, you know, you hit it, you know, yeah. sometimes. So it's, uh, you know, it, 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 I mean, we see it every year, you know, we see the dynamic every year. So when we get a team like we'd had, you know, a couple of teams that we had in, in carry this year that understood how to play the game. I mean, I'm, I'm blown away that guys don't know how to do secondary leads. I mean, not secondary leads, but, you know, delayed steals. Yep. You know, you ask them what a secondary lead is, I don't, you know, what's your primary lead? What's your secondary lead? Yep. You know, how you know, what are you doing with the left hand or on, you know, on the mound? Are you leaning back towards first? Are you, you know, how do you know, how do you not give away the fact that you're stealing? I mean, it's just so many different things that, I mean, I, I grew up kind of, Oh, I grew up more like because we played in the street all the time yeah. or in Learning the field on your own, yeah. on your own, right. You learned your instincts. You learned how to beat your friends and, and then, you know, you took it into, uh, you know, organized baseball environments. But, yeah. You know, you know, I mean, it's, I'm not, a, we, we look at those scenarios. We do things different here, right? I mean, we develop kids. We practice twice a week. We get carving station midweek. We're always doing different things that we take players that are sleeper players more mm -hmm. than, you know, the guys that want to go play for the big brands, you know, but you talk about, you know, big brands and things like that. The guys that are running it and, and, and controlling the big brands, they don't know 90% but ninety five percent of the guys in the organization they have no idea. So how do they promote those guys? How do they help those guys? They don't, right? They rely on whatever coaches yeah, they're hiring they to try and do whatever, or you know, or just tell them to go to camps, go to showcase. That's what you know. Um, you know, one of the reasons that we started advocacy baseball consultants. You know, with with Chris McKnight with the Mid Atlantic Orioles and Todd Friedman with Blast, myself. You know, to grab these kids that are out there that don't understand how to navigate through that scenario mm -hmm. and need somebody to help push them if they're the right player right um you know so it, it, that that's you know that's doing well um so yeah i mean they, they, there's a lot but uh you hope that um the developmental piece doesn't fall off completely at the high school level mm -hmm. you know because it, it you know you can't walk into a, you got to walk into a college program and that's you know that's what i tried that's what i told dylan and zach all along it's like you know, I want you to go into a college program below the learning curve. I don't, they don't need to build a learning curve with you. You understand how this game is played. So you're taking your talent and your, your baseball IQ yep. and your athleticism in there. And it's going to give you a chance to compete as a freshman instead of having to completely develop. But, you know, we talk, when we talk with Jake and we'll bring him on here in a minute or so, but you know, we've watched, we've watched this program here, you know, and you know, we watched you go from club with Jack McDowell and club at Springfield middle school. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. taking practice on freaking middle school, yeah. Jack would walk around with a bucket in the woods every day and go yeah. get the balls after that. But, you know, but I mean, going from club and then jumping to division two, that was a big, that mm -hmm. was a big jump. And then jumping from two to one. Well, it's funny. I mean, they had success at club and then they just started to get success at D two and then yeah. they made another jump. So it's just, right. there hasn't been a settle down period. Yeah. No, so, you know, again, this is, you know, the Queens program here, like other, other programs that are either startups or, you know, this is still, this is, it's always been in its infancy. It's yeah. never grown to a no. toddler or, you know, to, you know, to a young, healthy group, but it's been some good freshmen come in here and, you know, it'll be fun to watch these guys develop. You know, yeah. we've seen, you know, Bud Nick and Sousa and, you know, Dylan uh, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Dylan Lewis is, you know, and Isaiah, you know, guys that we've, we, you know, we've known a long, long way, but uh, to watch the, uh, you know, to watch this evolve. I yep. think that, you know, but all right. So let's do this, man. Let's, uh, let's bring in Jake. What's up guys? Jake Hendrick, the head coach at Queens university, new head coach, at Queens university, been on a heck of a journey, um, from Illinois to Oklahoma to Austin P and, 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 and now here you are sitting here as a, as a, as a division one coach. Um, you know, you come out of, uh, of getting your degree at Oklahoma state and did you know you were going to go into coaching or did you try the business world first? Uh, I, I was in coaching, uh, while I was still in school. I, I didn't go to school thinking I would be a coach, uh, at all. I actually went to Oklahoma state, uh, as a architecture major. I did that for two, a year and a half for two years. And then I switched to marketing and, and then I got into high school coaching at Stillwater High and I, I never turned back after that. And now here's the journey, you know, down the road, you're, uh, you went from you know, obviously high school, 
JUCO, Division yep. Two, Division Two, Division One. Um, you know, you saw you saw in the portal that they were looking for a, a head coach at Queens. They yep. were in the ASUN last year. You saw the program. You knew the program, and yep. uh, you throw your name in the hat. And did you have the expectations, or were you like, okay, I'm in this mix with 150 guys? And yeah, you know, like to be completely transparent, I, I wanted to, I wanted to get in the mix. Um, I wanted opportunity. I mean, the move to Division One to Austin P was really aimed. You know, I had been a head coach seven years before that, and I had had success, and so I felt like my opportunity to coach at the highest level in college was going to be to, you know, I needed to get in, and so getting to Austin P, I felt like gave me that opportunity, and then. From there, it was it was, yeah, it was this summer. What opportunities are going to open up, and then let's look at them, and then who's going to give me a real shot, and then the next layer is is it a good fit for my family and for my career, right? So, and I felt like Queens was checked all the boxes I wanted to see checked. You know, you look at uh, you look at college coaches. Again, they get in young. They don't understand the, vo- the volunteer position. There's no money, especially if you don't get huh. into power five. Some of these volleys in some of these schools do pretty good, though. Some of these guys sure. make six figures, you know, yeah. at some of them. But, you know, at overall, you know, the majority of schools, you know, you get in as a volley, you know, you're basically an apprentice. You don't yeah. get paid, man, you know, and you got you to create sure. funds and you kind of – and then you start to kind of navigate yourself through the, through the scenario – um, but then I look at guys like, you know, Randy Hood um, down at UNCW just got an extension to uh, through 2028. He's been there for 23 years. Uh, came in there as an assistant, stayed while uh, Mark Scaff was the head coach and then um, then got the job once uh, once Mark retired. And then you look at Elliott Avent, you know, almost 30 years at NC State. You know, but there's not a ton of those. The, the Augie, Augie Guerreros are not around anymore or, you know, those guys are it's gone. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, it's kind of a journey. Um, mm-hmm. You got, like you said, you got to find yourself in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, once, once you land somewhere and now I, you, Jake's wife's is a doctor. She's, you know, she's got a yeah. here in Charlotte now with atrium. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, you, you're laying down roots. He's coming with family. Um, yep. You know, the dangerous ones are the ones that are single. <laughs> yeah. the ones that are going to pick up and move on you, man. So, you know, we're trying, it's way we're trying harder to move. to move when you got three kids and you got a big old house of, of stuff to move. That's a way more difficult task. Yeah. And it, sure. The wife's not happy about it when those, when that goes down, <laughs> you keep like, oh, it's like when I was, uh, when I was playing, man, I get, you know, get called up or moved around or traded or something like that. And they say, okay, you got to be there the next day. <laughs> You're like, Hey babe, you're moving the place. We're out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, that that didn't that didn't help in a marriage at all you know but no. uh, but good so you know listen congratulations we're happy here to be honest with you you know um uh, you know the process goes through in in five years and six years we've been doing this you know we've seen two head coaches come through here um obviously jack mcdowell was a teammate of mine in chicago love jack and you know he uh you know, he just wasn't built for the college program. He was more, he was more of a professional type of guy. He was a manager, you know what I mean? In pro ball, when you manage, you don't like a player, you're making a phone call saying, get him out of here, get me somebody that works. You know, there was no sure. development process to it. Um, I think, I think Ross was a great um, uh, on-field coordinator of practice. Um, it just, you know, I just didn't see all that on the field in terms of the management skills, but that's, that's with experience too. I mean, mm-hmm. every one of us, the managerial process of it, but you know, we wish Ross the best, man. I think he's at Lipscomb and yeah. Uh, yeah, he's so, at yeah. Lipscomb, you know, and uh, you know, wishing the best and hope his journey is back to, to being a division one head coach. Yeah. Listen, everywhere you go is a learning experience, right? Absolutely. You learn about yourself. You learn about how to handle players and things like that. But um, so when, so when all this went down, Jake, and uh, you know, you're coming out of, you know, a foreign territory, for us it's like oh dude i mean like <laughs> what, like okay man here we go again and uh sure we, we were on our heels in the beginning but um you know the more we get to know with know you you know we appreciate what you're doing out here with the facility um you've shown respect to our grounds crew out here which is the works their tail off and would do anything for anybody as long as they uh, as long as they're loved up on and um you know biggest piece for us has always been the kids sure. so but um so let's get into the recruiting process now of uh, of you know Division One baseball, ASUN, which is a good conference, and you walk in here with you know players that kind of 
suspect in terms of what we're bringing in. I say mm-hmm. we sit here. It's not us. It's not us bringing it in. It's just you can say we, you know. But um, you know, and there were good players that that disappeared in here. But you got to keep a Dylan Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to keep a Sosa. You got to keep an Isaiah Bennett. I mean, you got to keep some good guy Budnick. You know, there's some mm-hmm. some good talent, the good talent in here. But now you got to fill around all that. So mm-hmm. give us a give me the strategy right now, and then the strategy of what it's going to be down the road. Uh, that's a that's a good question. So right this second, obviously we're right in the middle of uh, recruiting being open and being on the road. I think. Uh, First and foremost is people seeing us um, on the road, my staff, making sure that we're available, that we're picking up the phone, that we're emailing kids back, that we're doing all the little things that you have to do to make sure that people know who we are and know where we are. Um, you start talking about identifying players and, and figuring out you know, how you want to move and, and shape the roster. I think everything for us is open. Um, as we do this thing, I would say that, you know, I, I don't like being over 40 players. We're going to stick around that number. We're at 39 right now. And I will never, I'll do everything I can to not get over 40, to be honest with you. Um, but I would like to see our pitching. I think we're at 16 arms on the roster and I need that to be closer to 20. You know, I, I kind of need our position player balance and our pitcher balance to flip flop from where they are currently to where I see them being in the future. So, so your priorities now, when you're on the road, you're looking at 2024s, 2025s, where, where are you guys at in terms of, yeah, we're 20, we're, we're looking at both, but we're definitely thinking about what is current. And that's one thing about taking a, a new job. You know, I think a lot of people think just assume that the 24 class for us is, you know, going to be close to done. And we're like, no, we're not close to done. We're right in the middle of this thing. We're we're identifying the best players that are uncommitted, 24s, kids that are coming on the scene right now. I mean, it, we're the best scenario for a senior that's blossoming, a kid that's been under the radar that is starting to really come into his own. Maybe he's put on 20 or 30 pounds and grown three inches in the last couple of years. Like, that's a kid that we want to know about and we want to see and we want to get in front of. Um, obviously, we're doing junior college. Uh, very heavy and trying to see as much as we can there too, so that, so that we can get older and get physical as quick as, um, you know, as quick as possible. So the junior college route's interesting, right? So you coached junior college baseball and that was what, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. It was a while ago. Mm -hmm. Right before COVID, all that other stuff. And, you know, in this, in, in, in the, the mid Atlantic area and the Southeast area for years and years, Juco used to be like a scarlet letter. You know, it wasn't Texas, it wasn't California, it wasn't Arizona where where dudes went to play and, and hopefully got drafted and got out of there. But, you know, it was like, oh, you're playing Juco baseball. Now mm-hmm. Juco baseball is, it, mm-hmm. it's a different animal. It definitely is, it definitely is a farm system. Um, have you seen that change? Have you seen that difference in the athlete going to Juco? The better, the better player, you know, looking to, looking to do that. Um, and then moving on to, uh, to a higher level. I think you got great players at junior college. I would say um, we we thr- at the Division two level we thrive recruiting junior college guys. I would say at the at the D one level you can you can mix it better because like you guys were talking about earlier before you brought me on, you know you talk about the, the type of high school kid that you know you want to be able to target at the Division one level. It's, you want that kid to be ready to compete mm-hmm. to right away as a freshman and you know at the d2 level we you know you just you had to play the longer game with the freshmen you know maybe the they needed to put on 40 pounds like your example of the kid that uh is at wake forest now right that's a right. perfect example the guy needed to put on 40 pounds but you don't really want to play that game at the division one level with the high school kid you know and try and project them out in in three years it just doesn't really work that way so so yeah we're just trying to we're trying to do both we're heavy on our 24 class and uh, just really trying to identify best fit and find our a plus player you know that's advice i got early in my career uh, or maybe middle of my career was you know everybody's looking for the a plus player well why don't you go identify what your a plus player is and, and find them and so that's that's kind of what we're trying to do I've always believed like the best the be, the best recruiters are on power five guys. 
Power five guys get thrown. It's like it's like being that stud that walks into a strip club, you know? <laughs> they all get freaking they all get checked out and they all get, you know, they, it's it's like walking around with Mark Chiardi when I was yeah. in college. It's like, dude, this is ridiculous. Um <laughs> the movie produced. He produced the rookie Invincible Miracle. And uh, you know, it just just a dude and a stud and you know his his seconds were like the best. <laughs> but you know, so the the but what my point being, my point being is that you know Clemson's the you know the wakes now um, you know since they've got you know as deep as they've gotten um, you know the Carolina North Carolina they they everybody says they want to go play there right so then you pick and choose from the best of the best you know it's a beauty pageant right mm-hmm. you go pick it out you know but the guys that have to go flip rocks and understand and see see a player that nobody's really over identifying you know, you know it, it's the guy that always goes yeah we really like him but you know we want to see him again and again and again mm-hmm. and uh, but in reality you know he's probably the best player on the field he's not the, not the most physical player on the field mm-hmm. or he may not do all the uh the tough things so how many guys do you have on the uh out on the trail right now recruiting all all of all of our guys are out uh doing something um uh, james is going to be in oklahoma all week checking out kansas oklahoma texas junior college um cam is he's at a couple high school things this weekend and then he's got junior college stuff next week as well um and then i have my you know you kind of talk about guys that are trying to forge their way your volunteer your grad assistant stuff like that those guys are looking for camps they can go work right so i got two guys that are at camps they're actually they're employed at to to make some money so so yeah we got guys all over the place all right so you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna get your class here you got I've, we've been watching practices the, the kids have and they're enjoying it you know and sure. uh um you know that's always the toughest piece i mean i you know i've been in environments you know through college I, I loved college because it was you know it was it was practice was as much fun as playing the games and we got better you know and and sure. the respect to the head coach like you know it it wasn't fun in games it was like when i'm going to step on you i'm going to step on you. you can have as much fun as you want but you better be getting better along the way um, sure. but then i've been in environments where it's just like you don't even want to go to the park because it's just mm-hmm. like you got to be kidding me man like mm-hmm. you know i'm going to deal with this this again overall and that was at every level that was not just in college but that was in that was in pro ball i mean i had one of the you know dude in triple a that I, I i it was it was the worst i mean you almost wanted to lose because of him you know mm-hmm. we never did i mean we won because of the team but you know this guy that's at the end of the bench is calling us like you know i just want to see him suffer <laughs> that was you know that was my makeup i'm, I'm better now you're better am, now. I, am i better now, you're better now. <laughs> so much better now I am. I am so much better now, but um, you know, you know, we do. Listen, I see the guys walking up the path here, Jake. I told you, know, you, we know almost all of them. We take, we talk to them all, and uh, you know, one of the questions is, "You having fun?" And it, I have. We have not heard a negative. We have not heard. No, we are not. You know, and that's uh, good. Yeah, it's. Uh, it is good. It is good because this game is supposed to be fun, right? I mean, it's sure. we, we didn't play it for pressures and stresses and to be beat up. We started playing this game because we love the game and we mm-hmm. want to play it. And again, this, sure. is, this is this is the end of the road for you know thousands of kids out there in college baseball. It's over, you know. So why make this the the worst experience of their life when uh, you know it, it doesn't need to be? And um, you know, we're excited. So what, what's your, what's your, what's your expectations, you know, going into the season? I mean, uh, and I'm not going to say position by player wise and things like that, because you know, that all has to shake out and you got to see it, but sure. you know, uh, you know, the expectations of, you know, record, you guys are in a tough conference, you know, the conference, it's a good question. You know, I'm not trying to have expectations like that with, with our current group, I don't think we're, I don't think we're ready to, to do, to do that to ourselves. You know, you talk about having fun and getting better and you got to create an atmosphere where people are excited to show up to the yard and and keep getting better. And I think the program needs to grow and that's just going to be a daily thing. So if we go on a, if we lose five in a row, I hope you can't tell that we're any different. That would be, that would be great movement that I, I think that what we do on the field, how we show up every day, our attention to detail, our organization, how we play. You were talking about that earlier, you know, how our players make decisions, 
on the field, how they how they move around. All of those things are more important to me right now than uh, what our record is. Now, when we show up to play, obviously, I want to win. Absolutely. You know, and, and we're going to get evaluated on that. And everybody in the world is going to be able to see what our record is. And that's part of the deal. That's what you sign up for. But if we're playing baseball the right way, then uh, I think this thing over time um, will start to move into a direction that's really exciting. And we have players that can play. Yeah. We have players that can do things on the field um, and compete at this level without a doubt. Uh, their decision-making has to be free and clear and for them to get the most out of themselves. And that is really what we're trying to do right now is just um, open them up to understand the game and, and how it fits for them. So I, my expectations are more aimed towards how we're going to play and how individual guys are going to play as opposed to what the result against somebody else is going to be because they're going to be good. Our schedule stuff and the people in this league are good and it's going to be challenging just like it was challenging for them last year. It will be challenging again, but hopefully there's, there's new perspective, new excitement for them when they show up and, and maybe, you know, I hope at the end of the year when somebody says, you know, how are you guys trying to play? I hope that they, they can speak clearly on, you know, what the program is trying to be built on and, and how we're trying to show up to the yard to, to play. You win five in a row. We're having a party, dude, this year. Okay. <laughs> let's do it. Right. Sounds let's good to it. me. Let's, let's, yeah. let's throw a big gala. In the studio? <laughs> in the yeah. studio. We'll have, we'll have a, big party, a big party here. But you know what? I mean, it's it's you're right. The players are there because we saw things happen last year. Get the ECU game, mm -hmm. uh, the UNCC game, you know, uh we you know, we saw we saw these guys you know, come out and compete, you know, and it's funny because they, you know, they're walking into that environment thinking they're an underdog, right? No doubt mm -hmm. about it, you know, and, uh, and they, you know, it was a great game that we saw up at Kannapolis at Bagwell pitch that day. And then, um, you know, the Charlotte game was, uh, was huge for them, but, you know, you saw it and they went in and fought. It was almost, it was almost to the point where it's like, you know, what do we have to lose? Mm -hmm. And, uh, for sure. and they play that and that, and that frees up the mind, you know, I mean, when it's 100%. just like, oh, so my talents roll, man. What do I have to lose here? Let's just go after and get it. And, uh... Yeah, I hope we can create that environment without the, you know, what led up to that feeling towards the end for him. You know, the what do I have to lose yeah. is almost like a, a a white flag as opposed to like that's the game's supposed to be played free like that where, yes, there is something to lose, but you recognize you put in countless hours and effort to – put yourself in a position to be where you are and you really don't want it any other way. It's just sometimes people get afraid of the result being bad. So you um, primarily pitching coach throughout your career. Yeah. And you know, how, how does that transition for you as a head coach, you know, bringing in a pitching coach and letting him take over the program, you know, you know, it's his job to develop the, develop the arms. Um, but that's your background. You know, is it is it uh, is it difficult at times? You just got to turn and trust the process, or you got to step out there and go. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna change some things up. Oh, you know what, Luke and I talk every day about about pitching, and you know, I I kind of present a framework of what's created success for me and allowed me to develop players into guys that you know I've been I've been lucky. I've coached some great players. I've coached some guys that. Uh, we've gotten drafted and our pros and obviously Ryan Helsley is in the big leagues. And I got another guy that was pitched in Asheville all year this year, Nick Swanson. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I have things that are important to me, obviously. And so I just communicate those with Luke and he's got things that he's really good at. And one thing I believe in staff wise is trying to let people operate at a hundred percent. You know, if I, if I'm holding people up, then we can't be efficient. Our players are not going to benefit from that. And that's the last thing that I want to do. So, so yeah, I just try and be really organized. And I'm still – I have my hands on the pitching. I want to be at both ends. I want to be helping guys develop. One thing I, I think I'm really good at is helping guys throw a changeup and teaching guys how to compete in the strike zone, helping guys with pitchability and, and mentality on the mound, things that, you know, things that I think get overlooked as from a development standpoint. And so Luke's there doing the day-to-day. -day. He's keeping guys in line, holding them accountable, um, setting practice up. 
putting the pitching plan together for the week and then he shares it with me and then we get it out to players. So it's kind of a, it's a two man system. I don't, I definitely don't feel like I'm away from it, but I have a guy that I really trust over there. So I don't, I don't worry about the level of work that's happening with those guys when it's just him and them. Where's, uh, where's the staff come from? How many of them came with you from, uh, from Austin P? Zero, uh, zero from Austin P, but a bunch from NSU. Um, James was with me at NSU for two years. I, I hired him right after COVID, or it's kind of the middle of that COVID season. So it was, um, he was up at Minnesota Crookston. Actually, funny story, I, at, at NSU, I'd, I'd always felt like our offense, we'd always pitched it good enough to be competitive, and I felt like our offense was – sputtering around and I'd kind of with my wife I was going through this uh hiring process and I told her I'm I'm gonna hire a pitching guy I'm gonna take over the offense unless I can find somebody that I think could do a better job than me with the hitters and uh obviously you can see how that played out I hired James and he runs our hitters and put together two great offenses there he's a great guy and um I haven't met many people that can coach and teach the swing the way that he can um so brought him with me um he was the first hire i made and a really really important hire uh justin does our director of baseball ops he's been with me longer than anybody he coached with me for five or six years started as a student assistant then he was a grad assistant then he was a volunteer then he made the jump over here with me um, luke bay was a k-state guy he's actually uh james hired him at nsu to be the pitching guy last year so he, he's the pitching coordinator for me. I didn't know him, but I knew of him um, since I obviously stayed close with James last year while he was coaching um, at NSU while I was at Austin P. And the only guy we did not know at all was uh, Cameron Coons, our recruiting coordinator. So um, went through a process of hiring him, and he's a, an excellent fit for what we're trying to do. That's good. So it's like, it's like building a business, you know? I yeah. Mean, Find the right pieces. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be with people you like. I mean, goodness, you guys know you're talking about showing up to the yard and players being happy. It's the same thing for coaches. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to drive to the baseball field miserable. Like, I don't want that. I want to be excited when, when I wake up to start working and I want to be excited when we go to the field for practice. Even if there's difficult things that you got to talk about or address, that's part of the process. I, I want to enjoy the people I'm around. I want our players to enjoy the people that they're around. And that's right. Development comes from the extra stuff. I really don't think practice practice is not the, the real time for, in my opinion, for pitchers, it may be, but for our hitters, like the time in the cage with James is the time that you're really growing into the type of player you're going to be. The, um, the conference is tough. You know, mm -hmm. you know, you know it well, um, mm -hmm. you know, preparing, your, preparing your rotation, your starters and all that. I mean, what happened, you know, what we've seen in the past is that they just lived on one arm, two arms, mm -hmm. three arms you know, and it just it just got to the point where it was just, uh, you know, it was an overload. And then the guys that were behind them just, you know, they didn't get midweek innings. They didn't even get midweek innings, you know, so it right. had to be. So when you when it when things started to fall apart a little bit, you know nobody was prepared. So it's it you know when you're carrying that many arms, it it it's not an easy process. But you got to keep you got to keep everybody ready to go. And uh, you know I'm sure that's 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 part of your philosophy um, to do that. So um, guys will expect. I, I assume guys will be expecting to get as you know as many innings as possible. But you run a lot of run run a lot of simulated with uh, with your arms to keep them sharp. Yeah, well, so we've done, we've been trying to get them on the mound as often as possible up to this point. And then what, you know, if you're talking, are you asking me more for the spring or are you asking me for where we I are? Just now? Don't know it right now. I mean, you got to see them now, right? So you got to see as many arms as you possibly can now and, and, and get, put them in a competitive situation, not just a ball pen. 100%. Yeah, we're trying to, the, the competitiveness, like even the bullpen, you try to have something, something on the line, something going on. Even we're talking about holding runners and being quick to the plate. Um, we're trying to work on stealing from first and how that works and how that looks. And so we've got base runners working while we're throwing bullpens and we're trying to pull the, the metrics so that guys have an idea of what their stuff looks like and, and how we're going to grow and progress. And um, 
so that was kind of the beginning of the fall was really just trying to understand what we had and then where we are starting now to all be scrimmages guys are trying basically once a week guys will get on the mound for the next six weeks so i'm hoping guys get roughly six outings with a with a serious bullpen in between um mainly aimed at that development piece right i want to be able to take even our guys that may not be starters i want them to have both i want them to have uh, an outing where they can maybe get extended and challenged and then i want them to have a bullpen that can help them grow between their their outing and then their next outing so so everybody on the staff will basically have six live outings with um, a pretty heavy bullpen in between what's the uh schedule finished we go we start the our first scrimmage is next weekend so friday saturday sunday next weekend and it goes all the way through the end of november and we play gardner webb in the middle of it somewhere like october 29th is our outside competition against gardner webb great group of guys up there jim chester is one of the best around just a Good yeah, human I haven't met him yet, so I'm, he's been great to talk to. I'm yeah. looking forward to meeting him. You guys going up there? Are they coming down here? They're coming here. No kidding. Yeah, coming to that. Yeah, yep. they get. Yeah, it's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, but Jim is Jim's one of our favorite people. He's uh, sweet. He's good. He's, he's good people. So Jake, uh, real real quick. I mean, new coaching staff, new program to D1. Really, what do you think is going to be your biggest hurdle this year? Uh, being a team. <laughs> I, I know that, that I, yeah, I, I, that's that's kind of a lame answer, I know, but it, it really is. It's like everything is so new. I'm just trying to be real. I'm trying to be real with our players that things are – I understand this is a challenge. I've really been honestly blown away. I'm really proud of how they've handled the first month. You know, I'm throwing a bunch at them. I'm throwing expectations. I'm challenging them. I'm challenging them to move around at practice different than they've ever moved around and it's not their fault it's not their fault at all right they only you only know what you know and um, we're trying to introduce some really some to create some new habits for them that's really what we're trying to do that i believe will lead to success on the field and so i'm proud of how they've handled that and i think but that's the the greatest challenge is when you're throwing um you know, some of these guys, they didn't pick me, some of them, right? I, a lot oh, of yeah. them didn't pick me. I didn't pick them. They didn't pick me. Uh, talk about a tough situation for some of these guys. And now, you know, we they haven't faced real challenges yet, right, where lineups start getting written and playing time starts getting doled out. And that's when, you know, people are going to get challenged in, in how they think and how they act and, um, you know, how, how much do you really want to invest in – in Queens baseball. And like I said, I've been really proud of them up to this point, but I also, you know, I know what is coming, what, what other challenges are coming for them. So are we going to be, are we even capable of being a team um, with all the, with all the new, with all the difficulty um, surrounding everybody being new? So uh, I would say, yes, we are capable of being a team. I think they're on a great path towards doing that, but how they handle the real, the real challenges when they come their way will be, you know, that'll be where we'll start figuring out, you know, where are we really as a program and, um, you know, cause this group is going to set the bar for me, right. They're going to set the bar and they're going to tell me, that's why I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I just want to see, I want to give them the opportunity to set the expectations. And what if they go blow it out of the water? How cool would that be for That'd this group? Awesome. They didn't, they didn't recruit me. I didn't recruit them. And, and they just decide they're going to gel together and they're going to do things different because they can and they want to invest in this thing. That would be awesome. And so I, I definitely don't want to get in the way of them having the ability to do that. And and if they do, heck, yeah, that would fire I, me I, up. I think you, you, you're off to a good start because, I mean, I'm watching that uh, the uh, mini they had the uh, hack attack out mm. the other day oh, yeah. and the game and dropping bombs. And I mean, I. You know, it's the enthusiasm and the excitement and the fun of competition that, you know, for those guys that day, that was, uh, we haven't seen it. It's been pretty, yeah. it, was, it was fun. And you could, you know, that that's the beginning, you know, when, when for sure everybody's pulling for each other and, uh, and enjoying the moment, even if it is just, you know, a simulated, uh, simulated game. But, it was um, cool. You know, I had Andrew pull that video uh, of our practice, the security footage, and we had run the bases terrible. 
you know, and that's a staple of practice for me. If you come to a practice, we're going to run the bases during BP really, really hard, and we're going to get real reads. And we hadn't done that. I was in the bullpen, not coaching third during BP and just watching them. Well, and then I made them watch themselves, which they hated. They hated that. They hated watching that because they knew, right? They knew that that was not even – that wasn't even close. But they didn't – they wouldn't have known – what I was talking about if they, if they couldn't have watched it. And right. from that day, I think, I, I don't even remember when it was, was it early this last week that we did that? Or was it, I think it was a week. All before. The days are, yeah. Yeah. All the days are blurring together. But yep. since they've watched that, it's been, you know, they just, it was like a light bulb. It was like, Oh man. Okay. That's terrible to watch. I never want to watch that again. Like, and we're doing it ourselves. We're running mm-hmm. the bases like that. What a joke. And so since then it, it's just, yeah, they've all freed up. They freed up. They started doing things the right way. And it's funny, the harder you actually play and the more aggressive you are, the more fun you can have. Sure. The the looser it makes you because you're not worried about pleasing somebody else or, you know, trying to cut corners. You you feel really good about how, how your day goes. So um that's been fun to watch. Uh, you know, I saw you were watching us practice. It's it's the little things for me that yeah. like you're saying, how those guys are responding to each other and how they're competing that has been that's that's what i'm most proud of in the first month you know most athletes almost all athletes do better with visual processing Mm -hmm. you know i mean if you can if you can see it i mean i'd you know i'd I'd go back to this you know growing up i emulated hitters you know i try to do whatever that stance was and you know and Mm -hmm. produce it but you watch we watched i watched a lot of baseball growing up obviously but you know if you you know, if you can see yourself doing certain things, it's easier to correct than somebody telling you. You know, you always got to have somebody that says, "Show you should say, just show me, show me, show me." Um, you know, and if you can show the athlete, it works. Um, how's the connectivity been for you around here in the uh, in the Carolinas with um, different programs, different coaches, and you know, in the environment like that we're in the showcase travel side? I mean, I think it's happening quick. To be honest with you, I mean, I was just I was blown away when I got the job. I had this. You know, I I just grabbed printer paper the day I got hired and started taking notes like people yeah. are texting me I've never heard of and yeah. calling me and I'm just trying to keep track of everybody. I think I finally have like reached back out to every single person that was on that list and created some sort of connection. Yeah. Uh, so so that part, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. It really has people have been more than welcoming and very interested in help and promote their players. And I, and I think that, you know, it's funny, you can't really, you can't really can't recruit at a high level, in my opinion, without people pointing you in the right direction and giving you advice and then letting you make your own, um, your own evaluation, right. Right. To if, if it's a good fit. And so I'm always appreciative and I've always tried to stress to my staff to be appreciative of people trying to help people trying to promote, a player to you is not a bad thing. It's it's your job to decide if they're if they're a fit or not. And so that part's been great here, to be honest with you. That's a, that's the best success. I mean, when you're dealing with guys that say, "Listen, I'm just I'm just bringing the pieces to you. Mm-hmm. No hard feelings. If you don't like the guy, you don't like the guy. We move on. You know." And that's uh, for sure. That's our, that's our approach all the time. With you know, with the players that we have here in our organization, it's you know, we're going to present. It might not be a fit. It might be a great player that you wish you could have, but you don't have room for him. Um, that's you know, right and you know, you never know like so sometimes it's just a money deal too like you just can't yeah. put money into that spot otherwise you're putting another player that you really like in jeopardy and you know it's a big it's a big balancing act especially if you're going to try and keep the roster at you know under under 40 right that if i'm going to do that then i have to be definitely more calculated than if i was going to take 60 and cut 20 of them right so yeah, so this is this is where your business degree your business degree mm-hmm. comes into play because people don't realize eleven point seven scholarships. I don't even know. Are you guys fully funded? Do you have eleven mm-hmm. seven? No, no, we're yeah. a little bit lower than that. Yeah, a little bit lower we're than that. So you, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you actually have to like it's it's like managing an organization, right? You know, who do you pay what and how much and where's you know where's where's the value in it? And then you know it's uh, and then you got to go out and convince guys that listen, this is a good situation. You're getting. You know, people don't understand a preferred walk-on spot or a preferred sure. ro- a preferred roster spot. That means you're coming. You got a uniform. We need you. We don't have the money. We want to develop you. Maybe it's there down the road. You know, That's and everybody right. thinks. And again, it's it's academics first, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. we got to go get academic money so you can 
you can play with your athletic money more, mm -hmm. um, right. you know, down the road. You can't just take all your athletic money and, and spew it out and then you're done. You know, if you can get somebody in here on, on you know, on aid or, you know, scholarship, uh, academic scholarship money, then, you know, that's a, that's a key piece. But, you know, we've seen many, many, many times because of the 11.7 and, and the rosters being expanded in the past, right? Get, get, we're at 40 now, but um, trying to balance that cash you know, to somebody that you're recruiting and they're like, well, I get, I get, I get phone calls all the time going like, Hey, you know, uh, they only offer 25%. Like, dude, 25% of, of <laughs> athletic money is a lot of freaking money, man. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't come that way. You know I mean? And yeah, maybe we'll see pitchers get a little bit more of that one. Sure. That one dude's got to have, but that's the other piece that people don't realize is that, you know, arms are primary or you got to have good arm. And it starts on the bump. You got to go get, a, get the best arms. And, and there's a, there's, thousands of position guys that can come in and fill in, you know, there's, you know, there's a few, elite sure. but there's more, there's more stock position guys across the country than there are stock arms. You right. know what I mean, you're going to find those, you're going to find those, you know, the, those Caden Globbers and those, you know, the McCoys and, you know, L, the LJ Newsom's and, the, mm -hmm. you know, the guys that we've seen come through here, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting balance. I mean, the people it's, it's, I mean, you're a businessman and an administrator Sure. Sometimes probably more than you are on the field. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think a hundred percent you are spending more time, you know, because it's not, it's not making the decision that's happening right in front of your face. Most of the time it's trying to, what does this decision do in the future? Right. And if we bring in this player and now we're, you know, three deep instead of two deep at this position. And we really like him and we really like the other two guys. Okay. So what is next for the, the other player, right? Because especially if you're talking about a position player, right? You only need one shortstop, yeah. right? You need one second baseman. You know, obviously you need depth to protect yourself from injury and stuff, but you really do. You need 10, 12 real arms, right? And so like, that's where the numbers game, comes into play you sign a pitcher and it's like okay we add another pitcher that's gonna maybe he takes innings from someone maybe he doesn't but you sign a position player that guy you know you're trying to sign guys that are going to play every day right that's what you want you want to guys that are going to be impact players um when you sign them especially if they're going to be one of your counters so right yeah i think you have to navigate that piece with position players and really you just better you better think through the impact that you're going to make because part of culture is opportunity to feel like you have a path to play, right? Kids are not doing this to not play, even though every team has players sitting on the bench. So everybody needs to feel like there's a pathway to get on the field or a pathway in their development um, for them to be maximizing what they're doing. And if you have too many players, you cannot present a clear path. To Difficulty of recruiting, right? You're looking for an mm -hmm. impact player, but you don't know if he's going to impact or not. I mean, he may look that's right. Like, you know, and and again, yes. you know, the 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 delta between high school baseball and college baseball, and this mm -hmm. is one of the reasons I say why why wouldn't you go after a portal guy? Why wouldn't you go after a junior college guy? Is the speed of the game is so? I mean, it's it's the greatest differential, um, yeah. because even from college baseball to pro baseball, it's not that big. It doesn't happen that much, right? I mean, because you're playing with the same guys that are moving on with you and you're playing at certain levels and the game, yeah. you know, the game does speed up at the big league level. I will say that, you know, but as, as you climb through the minor leagues, it's not dramatic. Right. Um, right. But you're, so you're looking at a high school kid and you're going, okay, that we really like this guy. You know, we think he can impact our program, but you know, is he going to catch up to the speed of the game? Um, you know, that, that's, that's definitely one thing, you know, you're talking about, and we, we're getting close to the end here, but um you know, in recruiting, you know, there's kids out there that have been hurt, that haven't been seen. Tough to invest, right? Tough to tough oh, to yeah. take the money and go, you know what? You know, you have all the tools that we like, but you haven't been on the field that much. We haven't seen enough. There's not enough proof, you know, tough to peel off some cabbage. And, uh, you know, when you got somebody that's healthy that can come in and, you know, maybe warrant some money. Now, maybe that kid earns the money after a year or something For like sure. that. But, you know, risk but, versus and, reward, and, right? You have to balance it. It's not a not a negative on the kid, right? It's risk versus reward. It's just yeah. It, it's, sometimes the kid's not doing anything wrong. It's just like, hey, I, you know, 
I, trust me, I'd love to be able to just pass out money to every player that I like. Yeah. It's just not, yeah, built, it's not yeah. built that way. I don't way. know if the NCAA is coming down that road, but they need to do something. <laughs> at least get at yeah. least get it to 20 scholarships. Something. You know? I mean, sure. something, yeah. something has to be done because it is – it's not easy. And, uh, you know, it seems like we're the redheaded uh, stepchild in, in the NCAA gets, gets slapped around a little bit, but, um, sure. so, Hey, what's the, what's the, the spring? Have you guys locked, finished up the schedule there yet? Yeah, we're done. We're done. You're we done. open at Sanford. We've got some fun games in there. We go to NC state. Um, let's think, go to NC state. We've got app state, um, home and home with them. We've got Davidson a couple times. Most of the schedule was done um, before I got here, so right. so I didn't have much to I didn't have much to do with that thing. That's uh, those those right there. The um, you know the non conference that sounds like it's uh, it's pretty competitive. So it's uh, I think it'll be good. It'll be challenging yeah. for sure. Yeah, you got to play against the best. Well, Jake, man, we appreciate yeah. you, and um, you know we're looking forward to watching it. You know, obviously we're you know we're fans, and uh, we'll be out here. We'll be sitting in right field in the back of the pickup truck, you know, and uh, sounds and, good. And pulling for the boys, man, and uh, pulling for your staff. And we appreciate you being here, and look forward to uh, looking forward to the journey. And I'm glad your wife's a doctor here because maybe you'll be here for a while. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> let's do this thing. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having right. me on. Fun talking. All to right, you. man. Well, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the wedding, and uh, right. marry him good. <laughs> yeah, I'll do the best I can. Appreciate All it. Right, man. Thanks, Jake. Take care, buddy. See you guys. So. That was good. Yeah. yeah. So he's got, there's a lot on that plate, you know, taking yeah. over a program like that because Probably, it's got to be overwhelming to a point too. It's where good. You're just having to deal with everything and a program that you really don't know much of as far as people, administration. Yeah. Even the facility being a different location in school. Yeah. It's got to be confusing a little bit. Yeah. Moving, moving his whole family and his wife is, and like I said, his wife is a doctor. She's got to get a, uh, you know, she got a position here, you know, yeah. she's in, it's, you know, there, there's a lot. There's a lot to picking up and changing like that, especially when when you have the family. But yep. um, it, it'll it'll be fun to watch. And hey, I just want to. So I want to, um, you know, thank the people that get behind us in advocacy mm-hmm. sports, which we started with uh, Chris McKnight and Todd Friedman, myself. Um, you know, it's we're we're helping families navigate through the uh, the recruiting process, and always, always, always have to thank Architect Sports. They've been behind us with everything we've done. Yep. And the other part that's been behind us in our nonprofit and all that is the MLBPA. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, uh, you know, those three pieces, um, you know, the group out of New York, they've supported our gala. They've supported uh, our, our other nonprofit ventures. Um, you know, and it's uh, so I, I, I want to make sure I acknowledge those people each time that we go through here. There's a lot of others people that have jumped on board and we'll get to them as well. But um, well, speaking of the gala, it's coming yeah. up. We're almost yeah. a month out. I know. I know it's crazy, right? Yeah. I get nervous, man. Do you? And I do nothing. <laughs> we got to walk. We got to walk it yesterday. That was good. that was awesome. That was good so to we're see. back at Night Stadium. I, I, yeah. I really, you know, you got you got the good vibe again. You know, to be in a baseball environment, it's fun yeah. to do the gala. You know, that doing it down at Ballantyne with yeah. the big room and all that other stuff. But you know what? This is, uh, you know, this is our element, man. We're at, we're, you know, at the AAA Stadium, Truist downtown. The, yeah. You know, they got that that big area. The bar is right there. You said we're going to yeah, have our logo on the nice. scoreboard at night. How cool is that going to yeah. look with the with the backdrop of the city? Mm-hmm. Um, and now they got a pub, right? A so pub we're done with the gala. We can just go down the stairs and into the pub. Yeah. And then we can, you know, then we can go. We can go from there. Fall down know. the stairs, right? You know what? Heather Heather Parento <laughs> fell year one, I think, or year two. She dropped. She went off the curb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she went she went off the curb man i was like oh so yeah we have to have a trainer at our galas mm-hmm. don't we yeah uh, it's been a lot of fun but our, our our award recipients this year are off the charts parker yeah. bird who uh parker lost uh part of his leg in a boating accident his mm-hmm. freshman year at ecu the fall all, you know a year ago and um has uh this group out in california that built this incredible prosthetic and He's going to play and he's actually going to play in their, their, uh, it's a, like a stake series or their, I, I guess they call it their purple gold. You know, they split the teams yeah. up and he's going to play. Cool. Um, 
That'll in November. Yeah, that'll be cool. So how cool is that? It's a great story. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute movie. Yeah. Um, so uh, we got Parker Bird. We have Morris Madden, who is uh, my partner here with Not Whole and uh, is Carolina Metro Reds and has just done so much for um, his community, you know, which is predominantly the African-American community mm-hmm. up here in, in, you know, west side of Charlotte. And uh, he's growing it. And, um, you know, him and his wife, Sandra, have just dumped – you know their own resources, mm-hmm. human and financial, into sure. into the kids in the community for years and years and years. So it's nice that, you know, we're helping build programming around here through Knothole uh, for CMR, and then uh, um, Greg Simmons, who is a head coach at Charlotte Christian, who passed um, unexpectedly, suddenly, you know, quickly. I don't even know how to describe it, but it was a shock to our community and just a huge influence. Um, obviously in the high school space, but also just, you know, the kids that have played through it and the guys that have known them in the area, the, you know, our baseball community, you know, we're chippy where, um, you know, we knock heads, we, uh, we compete for players, we compete against each other. You know, we go through all that, but you know, when it comes down to it, you know, we're, you know, it, it, it is a big fraternity sure. and, you know, always like everybody in the fraternities, but you know, Greg was one of those guys that you couldn't help, but like, you yeah. know, he just, uh, Truly cared about the kids in his program, cared about Charlotte Christian's program, and um, uh, you know, just a good a good baseball dude. So you know, he's missed, but uh, his son Tyler is going to accept the award that night, and uh, it'll be a good night. So it's at you know, it's November third. We're almost sold out. Yeah, I mean, we are close to. <laughs> we could we could call it sold out anytime we want right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, both my boys and their girlfriends are coming, so make sure there's. Okay, uh, we're oversold now. Now we're oversold out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, excited for it. We've had some great support from mm-hmm. people along the way, buying tables. Um, it's just it's just a good night. It's, it's it's a good night for everybody to lay down their swords and come out there yeah. and, uh, and celebrate and honor the people that have not done, you know, our awards aren't based on wins and losses and, you know, things like that. Our, our, our awards are based on the celebrity that that person has in the community, mm-hmm. the baseball community and what they've done for others. Absolutely. And um, spirit of the game, lifetime spirit of the game and guardian of the game are the awards this year. And, uh, so it'll be fun. It'll Silent be exciting. Auction items. That'll be, oh my that'll gosh. Be yeah. yeah. How many did you say we had? 125, we'll 130? Have about 125. Yeah. Yeah. Ronald Acuna sign helmet. Got stuff coming from Corey Seager. Yeah. Yeah. Schilt, you said Schilt, Mike, Mike, Mike Schilt's getting stuff out of the Padres and, uh, yeah, you should get uh Dusty Watson to donate. Uh, Dusty's got some Dusty's from, got... from Bryce Harper. You know, he threw his helmet off yesterday and got ejected by, um, by Angel. Really? Yeah. By Angel? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So he yeah. threw a helmet in the crowd. We should get that and have Bryce sign it. That, that'll. Oh, we got to call Dusty now. <laughs> Congratulations to Dusty Watson and the Phillies, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it's another another shot at going out of World Series and another nice playoff check, man. Yep. Those are nice. Absolutely. I bet they are. Yeah. <laughs> I never got one, but they're nice. I heard. So, but, uh, well, we appreciate everybody listening yep. to the shape of baseball report again, <clears throat> and we will, uh, we'll try to get a little bit more consistent on this now that we're, we're done traveling and well, you got a couple travel tournaments coming up, so we'll see if not, we'll, we'll go hard in December. All right. We'll go hard in December. All right. Peace out.